0: We're going to go to Genesis chapter 30 and verse 37. Vamos a ir a Genesis capítulo 30 y verso 37. Continuamos nuestro estudio sobre la vida de Jacob. We're continuing our study tonight on the life of Jacob. And I want us to go to this portion of scripture, a part of the story of Jacob that's sometimes a little difficult to understand, but has a, a... significance for us tonight. As we study a Jacob, we're studying the three types of men that we find in the Bible. El Jacob, estamos estudiando los tres varones que hay en la Biblia, and they are, you're going to review it with me now, who are the three men? The natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. Son tres varones que vemos en la Biblia, el hombre natural, el hombre espiritual, y el hombre Carnal. Are there any spiritual men here? All right. That's our goal. Esa es nuestra meta. Ser el hombre espiritual. Uh, If you're a carnal man, you need to get in the spirit. And if you're a natural man, you need to get born again. It's just that simple, isn't it? But the spiritual man, uh, tonight we're going to learn a few things about him. And we read Genesis chapter 30, verse Thirty-seven. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plain trees, and peeled white stripes in them, exposing the white which was in the rods. He he set the rods which he had peeled in front of the flocks in the garter, or pardon, in the gutter, even in the watering trough where the flocks came to drink, and they mated when they came to drink. So the flocks mated by the rods, and the flocks brought forth striped, speckled and spotted. And Jacob separated the lambs, and made the flocks face toward the stripes, and all the black of the flock of Laban he put in his own herds apart, and did not put them with Laban's flock. Moreover, whenever the stronger of the flock were mating, Jacob would place the rods in the sight of the flock in the gutters, so that they might mate by the rods. But when the flock was feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. So the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. Now, if you would go down uh, in chapter 31, the very next chapter and verse nine. It reads, Thus God has taken away your father's livestock and has given them to me. And it came about at the time when the flocks were mating that I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream. And behold, the male goats were mating, were striped, speckled, and spotted. And the angel of the Lord said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see that all the male goats which are mating are striped speckled and spotted, for I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We pray that you would quicken our hearts to receive the word of the Lord tonight, and I ask you to anoint me to teach and anoint us to hear the word of God imparted. I pray that you would speak to every single heart at the place of our need. We ask that in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. All right, there's a whole lot of spotted, speckled, and striped in that text that we just read, and I'm going to try to explain it to you in just a moment. But by the time of our text, Jacob has been working for Laban for 21 years. Para el momento de nuestro pasaje, Jacob ha estado trabajando por Laban, su suegro, algunos 21 años. And remember that we said that Jacob was in the night of his soul. Jacob estaba en una noche larga. He was in a 21 year long period of night in his life because of uh, some decisions that he had made and the consequences that resulted. Él está en una época de 21 días de, uh, de 21 uh, años de no, de noche de oscuridad espiritual. En su vida, uh, por causa de algunas decisiones que él había tomado. And we saw last week how he married two women. Uh, you guys remember what their names were? Leah and Rachel. Vimos la semana pasada cómo él tuvo dos esposas. cuales el que se casó? Leah y Raquel. And uh, those two women came as a result of the trickery of his father-in-law. Él se casó con la mujer equivocada por la traición de su suegro. Y luego se casó con la esposa que él amaba. He was married to Leah by trickery, and then he married Rachel uh, because of love. And so we saw how he had his chickens come home to roost a little bit. Vimos como Jacob recibió la recompensa de sus obras. Because the Bible tells us that uh, what you reap uh, you will what you sow you will reap. La escritura nos dice que el hombre va a cegar lo que siembra. The Bible says this, "Do not be deceived, God is not mocked: as a man sows, so will he also reap." Jesús o perdón, la Biblia nos dice que Dios no puede ser burlado o engañado. Lo que el hombre siembra, eso cosechará. In another place, Jesus said, he said that you will receive with the same measure with which you have measured out. Jesus en otro en otro lugar dijo Vas a recibir con la misma medida con la cual has dado. So uh, he's talking about in that context, he's actually not talking about tithes and offerings, he's actually talking about forgiveness. In ese contexto Jesús no está necesariamente hablando de el diezmo y la ofrenda, sino está hablando del perdón. He says, if you give a little forgiveness, you'll get a little back. If you give a lot of forgiveness, you'll get a lot back. Si usted da poco perdón, va a recibir poco perdón. Si da mucho perdón, va a recibir mucho perdón. But the the key there is Jesus says that you will receive with the measure with which you give. So uh, not only forgiveness, but if it is your money or your time or your talent or your advice or your friendship or your love or your kindness... Si es su amor, o su dinero, o su bondad, o sus finanzas, o su talento, o su tiempo, lo que usted dé, en la medida que lo dé, es la medida que usted va a recibir de Dios. So if you serve things out with a teaspoon, God's going to take a teaspoon and serve it back. All right, so if you're saying, Lord, I would like a bigger than a teaspoon blessing, he says, well, serve it out bigger than a teaspoon. I'm going to measure it back to you with the same measure that you Give it out. So if you want a, if you want a boatload of blessing, you got to give a boatload of what you want. Come on, somebody. Si usted quiere recibir en medida grande, tiene que dar en esa medida. And then the Bible says that you will receive again, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, what does that mean? Well, in that day, uh, when you, if you were poor... Uh, fortunately, none of you here would have to go under this uh, mandate because none of you are poor. So amen to somebody. But in, in the Old Testament, if you were poor, uh, you were allowed to go to the fields and the farmer could not harvest the corners of the field. En el Antiguo Testamento había un programa para los pobres en el cual el dueño de la labor no podía cosechar las esquinas de la labor. And so... When the poor were hungry, they would go to the field, and the corners of the field had not been harvested. They could harvest the grain and then take it home, and that would be their portion. So they didn't get it in the mail, all right? They had to go and actually uh, sign up, or actually go and work for the food. They didn't get the, the resources sent to them, all right? So, And then there was another law that said that if, you were, if they were harvesting the crop and some grain fell... That they could not go back and pick it up. That was also for the poor. También había otra ley que si ellos estaban cosechando y caía el trigo ahí en el en el suelo de en la labor que el 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 labrador no podía regresarse a levantar lo que había caído sino que se quedaba ahí y los pobres iban y lo levantaban. That's called gleaning. And so, what do you think would happen when the poor would go to the field? They would take the biggest basket they had. And then they would start collecting the grain, and they would press it down so you could get as much in the basket as possible because you don't want to make too many trips, all right, all the way back to the house. They would press it down, and then they would shake the basket so it would settle. You get in the picture? And then it would be running over. So that was what the picture is that Jesus has when he says, when you give, it will be given back to you. Press down, shaken together. Running over. So if you're sowing good seed, God says, I'm going to give it back to you. Set, press down. Shaken together. Running over. But if you're planting bad seed. Oh, pastor, just stop right there. Stop the tape right there. If you have unforgiveness and grudges and resentment and you're sowing Bad words and bad communication and uh, bad uh, rumors and all those things, they're going to come back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Joseph, Jacob experienced that. Jacob saw that what he had sown, he was also reaping. But you remember what I told you when he left. He was homeless, but he was blessed. So although he's getting the the, the things that his carnal man has sown, God still has his blessing on Jacob. Aunque Jacob ha hecho muchas cosas y está cosechando la cosecha de sus malas obras, él aún está bendecido. Porque Dios le dijo que él lo iba a bendecir. God told him, I will bless you. And he said, I will not let you go until I have done all that I have promised to you. Dios le dijo, no te voy a dejar ir hasta que yo haga todo lo que yo he uh, prometido, lo que yo he dicho que yo voy a hacer en tu vida. So tonight, I just want you to realize that you are under the blessing of God. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Usted está bajo la bendición de Dios. Now tonight, I want us to look at this episode in the life of Jacob. Because he has worked 14 years to get two wives, but he has no financial resources of his own. Jacob ha trabajado 14 años para poder adquirir estas uh, esposas, pero no tiene nada de él mismo. So now he's going to work the next seven years to build up his own wealth. Él ahora va a trabajar siete años más para producir su salario, para producir su Su uh, herencia. Y cuando él comienza en este proceso. While he's working in this process. He realizes that Laban is just uh, is still cheating him. Mientras él está uh, pasando por este proceso. Dice la escritura que su suegro aún le, co- le sigue robando. Le sigue haciendo el mal. Y esta tarde yo quiero hablar sobre cómo salir de Adelante. So tonight, I want to talk about how to get ahead. How many of you want to get ahead? Because Jacob is a picture of a man who gets ahead from way behind. Jacob es un retrato de un hombre que sale adelante aunque comienza atrás. Now, he's behind because he's worked 14 years and hasn't earned any money for himself. He's just, he just got the ladies. Now he's got, to, he's got to work the next seven years to make his own inheritance, his own wealth. But the reason that he's going to get ahead are important for us tonight. Because the same reasons that Jacob gets ahead are the reasons that you and I can get ahead. In whatever area of ministry or finances or career or relationship, wherever it is that you want to get ahead, God has put principles in his word for how to get ahead. So how many of you want to get ahead? ¿Cuántos quieren salir adelante? Entonces, si usted quiere salir adelante, Dios tiene principios en su palabra para que usted salga adelante. Adelante. And uh, if you follow the word of God, you're going to get ahead. You might not get over you might not get ahead by the morning, but you will get ahead. Say amen somebody. Si usted sigue los principios de la palabra de Dios, usted va a salir adelante. Aunque no salga adelante para la mañana, pero tarde que temprano, usted va a salir adelante. And uh, ultimately, who are, you, who are you trying to get ahead from? It's not so much you're trying to get ahead from everybody else. You're trying to get ahead from your natural man, all right? You're trying to get ahead from your carnal man. You're trying to get to that place that God has spoken of in your life, that God said, I'm going to bless you. Usted quiere salir adelante. So I want us to look through some things First of all, in chapter 30, Jacob gets the desire to go home. In el capítulo 30, Jacob tiene el deseo de regresar a casa. Now remember, he has been away from home about 14 years now. It's still going to be a few more years before he goes home. But there's a desire in him to go back home. And we see that there are three witnesses in his life that begin to speak to him about the fact that he needs to return to Canaan, to the land of Abraham and Isaac. And so, first of all, in order to get ahead, I want you to learn to discern the will of God. Para salir adelante, primero, tenemos que aprender a discernir la voluntad de Dios. Now, I'm going to do a series later on the will of God, so I'm not going to get real deep into this tonight. But I just want us to look at basic principles that we see in the life of Jacob to discern God's will. Aquí vemos algunos principios uh, pequeños uh, que no podemos dar todo lo que es necesario en este tema de la voluntad de Dios porque es bastante grande. Pero hay algunos principios aquí. Uh, Lo importante es que para salir adelante usted tiene que saber qué es lo que Dios quiere hacer. You see, uh, in order to get ahead, you've got to know what God wants. What is God's will for your life? A lot of people climb the ladder only to discover that they have the ladder up against the wrong wall because they never ask God what he wanted them to do. Muchos suben la escalera del éxito pero cuando llegan arriba se dan cuenta que están sobre el muro equivocado porque nunca se detuvieron para preguntar Señor, ¿qué quieres que yo haga? Now I told you before that in my experience God speaks to me Uh, Three times, that's the way that he witnesses that he has spoken in my life. Now, in every life, perhaps it's a little different, but that's how he has spoken to me. And the Bible says not to receive a testimony without two or three witnesses. So I I feel like that's how the Lord has led me. And um, in Jacob's case, it happened the same way. Now, there were three witnesses to tell Jacob that it was... His, uh, that he needed to go home. The first witness was the witness of his circumstances. El primer testigo uh, que Dios usó para mostrarle a Jacob que él tenía que regresar a casa era el testimonio o el testigo de las circunstancias. Now, Jacob was doing his job. Jacob está haciendo su trabajo. Mientras él está desarrollando su trabajo como un pastor de ovejas él comienza a escuchar los hijos de su suegro, que serían sus, que serían ellos cuñados, right, esa palabra. He starts, uh, he, Jacob is doing his job as a shepherd, and he starts hearing the conversations of his brothers-in-law. And his brothers-in-law are telling him, and they're, they're actually talking about him, um, in, in his face. Ellos están hablando de él. Y están diciendo que él necesita retirarse de ellos. Porque les está robando su herencia. He starts to hear them say. We've got to get you out of here. You want you need to leave us. And we're going to put you uh, in, in a bad state of mind with our father. Because you are hindering us from developing our inheritance. And then along with that. You have Laban that starts getting a bad attitude toward Jacob. You say, really? I thought he already had a bad attitude, but apparently his attitude got worse. Luego vemos a a el suegro que comienza a tener una actitud mala contra Jacob. Uh, Y y estas circunstancias comienzan a ser para Jacob un testigo de que Dios quiere que él salga de ese lugar. Now, you don't ever want to make a decision purely on circumstances. But you do need to study your circumstances to see whether or not God is actually blessing what you are doing. Or if it indeed needs to be that God is squeezing you out of a particular place. Sometimes, if we won't hear God, we'll hear our circumstances. You know, the Lord might be saying, you need to get a different job. You need to move to a new location. You need to do this. And you're like, no, I'm comfortable here. I'm happy here. This is working for me. And then the Lord just says, okay, pop, and he pushes you out. And so sometimes God will use circumstances to speak to us to reveal his will. And I want you to realize that the circumstances aren't always positive. Sometimes we think, well, if everything's going good, that must mean God's blessing it. If everything's going bad, that must mean God's not blessing it. You've got to learn to discern exactly the circumstance you're in. Because in Jacob's case, the circumstances were bad, and they were telling him, "This is what this is the direction that God wants you to go." Now, the second witness was the witness of his wives. All right. Now, in your case, it's going to be spouse singular. All right, not spouses. All right. Uh, but the witness of your spouse or the witness of spiritual um, spiritual people in your life is another way that God will reveal that he is uh, desiring to do something in your life. El segundo testimonio es el testimonio de las esposas de Jacob. Ahora para ustedes sería uh, su esposo o esposa, singular, no plural. Pero este es un testimonio que Dios usa para guiar a una persona a la dirección de Dios. And I don't want to overlook that uh, too quickly tonight because Jacob, he's the... He's the patriarch. He's the one that God blessed. He's the one that God called. His wives, um, they're, they're kind of at each other's throats because of their jealousy. But he goes to them and he says, I believe God is telling me to, for us to leave here and go back to Canaan, to go back to the promised land. And these women come into agreement with Jacob. And they say, yes, this, is, this must be what God is doing. And they start pointing out the circumstances in Jacob's life to say, yes, this is what the Lord is, uh, seems to be saying to us. So now he has two witnesses. So if you're making a major decision in your life, don't go without the wisdom of your spouse. Say amen, somebody. Remember we said last week two are better than one. God did not give you a spouse just to make you look good, okay? He gave you a spouse so that you would come into agreement and be stronger together than you are apart. You say, Pastor, I don't have a spouse. Then get godly wisdom. Get wisdom from people in your life who are spiritual. Say amen, somebody. Won't do you any good. And this is true for married people too. You gotta get wisdom from spiritual people. It will not do you any good to get advice from people who need counseling. All right? People who can't get along, people who don't know what they're doing. Don't go don't go talk to broke people about how to get ahead with money. And don't go talk to people who've been divorced seven times about how to fix their marriage. And don't go talk to uh, people who are who are always in the flesh about what God's will is. Because they don't know, alright? You've got to talk to people who know how to hear from God. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Uh, vaya y busque consejo de personas espirituales. Porque no le va a hacer bien buscar el consejo de personas carnales. El hombre carnal le va a dar la la opinión del hombre le va a dar la opinión de la experiencia o de de su uh, dolor o de su uh, momento de fracaso usted necesita alguien que pueda darle la sabiduría espiritual Now the third witness is the voice of God. El tercer testigo es la voz de Dios. And we read it in in 30 in chapter 31 verse 3 of Genesis that the Bible said the Lord said to Jacob. Who said? Look what it says. The Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and of your relatives, and I will be with you. Now he has the voice of God, he has the agreement of his wives, and he has the witness of his circumstances. So Jacob knows beyond a shadow of a doubt what God's will is for his life. And so, I want you to learn that because in order to get ahead, you've got to be willing to listen to somebody other than yourself. That's ultimately, the bottom line here is that Jacob is listening to his circumstances, he's listening to his spouse, and he's listening to God. And that means Jacob has gotten outside of his own head to hear what does God want to say. You see, you can't counsel yourself. Say amen, somebody. If, when we counsel ourselves, we're, we we give ourselves a pass. We have blind spots. So we can't counsel ourselves. We've got to get, we have to get wisdom from outside of ourselves. A Jacob ahora oye la voz de Dios. Y del Señor le dice, regresate a la tierra de tu padre y yo iré contigo. Y ahora vemos que Jacob uh, ha, ha salido de sí mismo para ir a buscar sabiduría. Y para que usted salga adelante, usted no puede depender solamente de usted. Porque usted tiene lugares de ceguera en su vida. Y tiene que tener la voz de Dios, la voz de personas espirituales. Y también uh, poder discernir la circunstancia para entender cuál es la voluntad de Dios. Is is that going to help anybody tonight? All right, Listen, listen closely to those things. Because God is always talking. Dios está siempre hablando. God is a communicator. Dios es un comunicador. And I can guarantee you, you will save time, you'll save money and tears if you'll just stop and listen to God. Te All right, now the next thing we see about Jacob, is that uh, Jacob um, was a blessing to Laban, and the Bible tells us that God blessed Laban on account of Jacob. Dice la escritura que Dios bendijo al suegro de Jacob por la cuenta de Jacob. Now just think about that. Jacob had the blessing on his life, and and uh, and Laban didn't. And so just being in connection with Jacob produced a blessing in his life. La conexión de Jacob a el suegro ahora es una conexión que produce bendición. So you might look around at people and say, you know what, I'm not getting anything from these people. I'm not getting anything from this, from this uh, job. or I'm not getting anything from this part of my family. You don't realize that maybe God has you there just so that you can bless them. Because God can be, can be using you to be a conduit of blessing for somebody else. And the same is true for the people in your life. God might be using somebody else to be a conduit of blessing into your life. And so even though Laban was a trick and he was a cheat, the Bible tells us that God was blessing Laban because of Jacob. So you know what I believe? I believe God blesses Beeville because of spiritual men in Beeville. Amen, somebody. And the reason that your company is still going forward and the place where you work is still surviving is because you're there and because you're a blessing. Come on, somebody. You see, you are a light in darkness. You are the salt of the earth. La compañía donde usted trabaja, el lugar donde usted está empleado, es el lugar Está en pie, está siendo bendecido porque tiene personas de bendición ahí. Entonces, ese es un testimonio del hecho de que Dios ha bendecido uh, a su pueblo. That's a testimony of the fact that God has blessed his people. Now, look at what Laban did. First of all, we see that Laban tricked Jacob. Obviously, he tricked him with his first wife. And now... The Bible said that he changed his wages ten times. Luego dice la escritura que uh, Laban le cambió el uh, el salario a Jacob diez veces. Can you imagine getting ten pay cuts? ¿Cuántos pueden imaginarse diez bajos de sueldo? Laban... You know, you would, they would make a deal and then Laban would, would come back and he would alter the deal and change the wages, and, and Jacob ended up shortchanged every time. Cada vez que hacían un contrato o un plan, Jacob hacía el plan, luego Laban le cambiaba el plan y salía corto, Jacob. This is why we're talking about how to get ahead, because you see, sometimes you get into situations where the other person has the advantage, where it seems like uh, you can't get ahead, because uh, the place you're working, or the the circumstances, or the economy, or whatever it is, is working against you. But I want you to realize that although this is happening to Jacob, he's still blessed. Say amen, somebody. Jacob le cambian el sueldo, el salario, uh, diez veces, pero aún está bendecido. Y por eso estamos hablando de salir adelante, porque a veces las circunstancias funcionan en contra de nosotros. You know, we, we sometimes hear people say things like this, I just can't get ahead. Every time I'm about to make it, something happens. Every time I'm about to get a little bit of money down, uh, a little bit of money together for that down payment or for this or that project, something breaks, something happens, and I take another step back, and then half a step forward, and then two steps back, and then another half step forward, and then three steps back. Hey, you ever felt like you are there? It's okay. You can say amen. amen. You, you, if if you have ever been there, then I want you to pay attention tonight because God has you in mind. God sees you. This is, what, this is what I love about this verse, in this, this portion of scripture. The Bible says in chapter 31, verse 7, that although Laban changed Jacob's wages 10 times, that God did not allow Laban to hurt Jacob. Dice que aunque le cambió el salario 10 veces, el capítulo 31, verso 7, que Jehová no permitió que Labán lastimara o dañara a Jacob. He did not allow him to hurt Jacob. I want you to say this with me. God will not allow the enemy to hurt me. Now say amen. You know that God is looking out for you. God is watching your back. Dios está velando por ti. Dios tiene tu espalda. Say, God's got my back. back. You see, here's why this is so important. Because when we feel like we're being taken advantage of, or we feel like we just can't get ahead, the natural and the carnal man wants to get in and fix this problem by himself. And he can only make it worse. El hombre carnal y el hombre espiritual o perdón el hombre carnal y el hombre natural cuando se siente que alguien está tomando ventaja de él quiere entrar y y a solucionar el problema quiere poner las cosas en bien pero lo hace mal y lo hace peor entonces aquí vemos que Jacob está comenzando a ver que aunque aunque Labán tiene malos planes para él Jacob realizes you know what? Laban has evil intentions for my life, but God has good intentions for my life, and God's intentions and God's plan for my life is gonna push me ahead. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, the Lord said, I know the plans that I have for you. Don't worry about the plan that your enemy has, don't worry about the plan that the devil has God says I have a plan for you and my plan is to prosper you to bless you to give you a future and a hope el plan de Dios es de bendecirte de prosperarte de sacarte adelante and Jacob now we start to see this amazing thing happen in Jacob's life that Jacob is starting to become a spiritual man Jacob comienza a entender las cosas como el hombre hombre espiritual. In chapter 33, verse 29, when Laban goes after after, um, Jacob to chase him, the Bible says that the Lord appeared to Laban and told him, Do not touch Jacob. Hands off. I have blessed him. Cuando Labán va siguiendo a Jacob, dice la escritura, que Jehová se apareció con él y le dijo, no toques a Jacob. Say it with me tonight, don't touch. You realize that the natural and the carnal man wants to get in the fight and and defend himself and push the right buttons and make things happen. And if you'll just let God handle it, God will show up and he will make sure that the enemy gets a clear Clear sign, a clear warning, don't touch. This one is God's anointed. This one has God's hand upon him. You remember that when King Balak tried to curse the nation of Israel, he hired a prophet to curse the nation of Israel. And when the prophet Balaam went to curse Israel, the Lord said, no, you cannot curse what I have blessed. I have already decided to bless Israel, and you can't curse Israel. Cuando Balak fue a querer maldecir a Israel, y se ocupó al profeta Balaam, dice la escritura que cuando Balaam iba a pronunciar la maldición sobre Israel, que Jehová le dijo, no, porque no puedes maldecir lo que yo he bendecido. You can't curse what God has blessed. So whatever the plan is Laban has... God has already decided I'm not going to allow you to hurt Jacob. Now, this is so important because the natural man thinks, so you've already hurt me. You took my time. You took my money. You took my, my wages. But the spiritual man realizes whatever he took wasn't mine. God is going to take care of me. And the the spiritual man realizes, I didn't lose anything in this season that I need for the next one. God's going to see to it that I have everything I need. Say amen, somebody. Because, you see, so long as you're crying about what you lost yesterday, you can't move on to what God has for you tomorrow. Say amen, somebody. If you just sit there looking at yesterday and say, oh, I, that beautiful car I used to have. And, oh, that beautiful house I used to have. And, oh, that beautiful whatever I used to have. You aren't looking toward the future that God has for you. Say amen, somebody. God has greater things for Jacob. And... He says, I'm not going to allow Laban to hurt you. Now, here's what we see about Jacob. Here's the second point. In order to be able to get ahead, Jacob must walk with integrity. Say integrity. Integrity. Para poder salir adelante, Jacob tiene que aprender a caminar con integridad. Now, I want you to just look at this because there... This is, this is kind of an, uh, a contradiction in terms Jacob and integrity, right because Jacob means trickster. But the, the trickster is learning to be spiritual. Now we ought to be, we ought to be surprised by that but not too surprised because really when people look at us they probably say oh me. You see, we're starting to see that Jacob is learning some things. Aren't you glad that we can grow? Come on, I said, aren't you glad that we can grow? Aren't you glad you weren't the same person today you were 14 years ago? Or that you weren't the same person today you were 14 days ago? That God is changing you, that God is growing you, that God is maturing you? Listen, Jacob is a trickster. He could have, he could have robbed Laban of house and home. But look at what he does. He begins to walk in integrity. Jacob era tan astuto que pudiera haber robado a Laban y ni ni se hubiera dado cuenta el suegro. Pero él comienza a caminar and in chapter 31, verse 38, he says, because of me, Laban, your your yules, your lambs, did not cast off their young. What does that mean? That means that when, when the lambs were giving birth, Jacob was there to assist in the birthing process. He was not a negligent, a negligent uh, shepherd or servant. And then again in verse 38, he says, I haven't eaten any of your lambs. I could have killed one of your lambs every week and had me a cabrito but I didn't kill even one of your lambs. In all of these years I never ate one of your lambs. You think Laban would have noticed if one of his goats went missing? Probably not. But Jacob was walking with integrity. Now just think about that because maybe you don't work with lambs or with uh, cows or goats but maybe you work with Other things at work that could easily walk home with you? Paper plates? Paper clips, okay. Well, you know, you think about people walk away with time. It says you're supposed to be there at eight, stay till five. I don't want to hear this sermon. You get there at nine, you leave at four you get a full day's pay for two hours that you kept. That's not how we get ahead. See, usted debe llegar a las ocho, salir a las cinco, y usted llega a las nueve y sale a las cuatro, y nadie sabe, pero Dios sabe. Y la integridad es como uno sale adelante. You see, because if you look at it, say, well, the boss won't know. The boss knows. There is, there is uh, an opportunity to cut corners. You say, well, IRS won't know. God will know. At every little moment that Jacob has an opportunity to cut corners, he walks with integrity. This is nothing less than a spiritual man. When you look around and nobody's watching and you still do the right thing, That's when you're walking in the spirit. That's when you're walking with integrity. Cuando usted mira al lado y todavía hace lo bueno, hace lo debido, usted está caminando con integridad delante de Dios. In verse 39 of chapter 31, he says, when you lost the lamb, I paid for it out of my pocket dice Alaban, cuando usted perdió un cordero, perdió un cordero, un chivo o alguien se lo robó o un animal lo mató, yo lo pagué de mi bolsa. Y luego dice cuando cuando hubo escasez o cuando hubo frío, yo perdí el sueño para estar con el rebaño. En el capi- en el verso 40, cua- in verse 40, he says, I suffered droughts and I suffered the frost of the night and I lost my sleep working for you. What does that mean? That means that when it was when it was scorching hot, Jacob was working. And when it was freezing cold out there, he was with the sheep. And he would keep he would keep the watch in the night without sleeping in order to uh, preserve the flock of Laban. Now all of this time, I want you to notice, all this time, Jacob is tending someone else's sheep, someone else's goats, someone else's stuff. But that's the test of promotion. If you can handle your own stuff, big deal. But God says, I'm going to test you by checking to see whether you can handle somebody else's stuff. If you can handle someone else's stuff... Then I'll give you your own stuff. Because the Bible says this. He who is faithful with little will be placed over much. But he who is unfaithful with, with what is another's will not receive his own. How many of you want your own? Then you have to walk in integrity. And then the Bible says he changes wages ten times. All of those things happen in Jacob's life. He walks with integrity. Jacob learned the great, uh, the great value or the key of integrity. integrity. This is a spiritual principle that cannot be violated. Este es un principio espiritual que no se puede violar. Cuando usted y yo caminamos en integridad. What is integrity? ¿Cuál es la integridad? Es ser honesto, ser justo y estar en un estado completo. The word integrity means to be honest, to be righteous, and to have a state of being I want you to think about that word whole, because that's that's really what the word integrity means. It means there are no missing parts. La palabra integridad significa que no hay pedazos que están faltando. In other words, if you say you love, then you love. Integrity does what it believes, what it says that it believes, what it values. La integridad pone en acción lo que cree, lo que dice. Y y si yo digo que yo amo, amo. Si yo digo que, uh, olvídalo, no no te preocupes de esa cosa que me debes. Entonces eso quiere decir que en tres años no te lo voy a pedir. If I say, you know what, just forget about it, that money you owe me, just forget about it. That means that in three years, I'm not going to come back and say, hey, remember that money you owed me? Integrity keeps its word. La integridad hace lo que dice. The Bible says that we should let integrity and uprightness preserve our way. La, la escritura, el Salmo 25, que la integridad y la justicia preservan nuestro camino. Proverbs 10 and verse 9 says that he who walks with integrity Walks safely. Dice Proverbios 10.9. Que el que camina en integridad. Camina seguramente. If you walk with integrity. You don't have to look over your shoulder. And when someone asks you a question. If you always tell the truth. You don't have to worry about getting caught in a lie. A ver que dije la última vez. Say what did I say the last time. If you just tell the truth every time. You won't get caught in a lie. Say amen, somebody. Is this how God's people should operate? Now, this is important because Jacob has gotten all these negatives going on. Laban's treating him negatively. But this is what, what ultimately the spiritual man has to learn. You're doing this in the natural. What you've done to me is in the natural. But in the spiritual... God has been at work. You see, you didn't change my wages unless God let you. And if God let you, it must be because God wanted me to grow. Now, the natural man cannot swallow that. Remember I told you the carnal man is a baby? So if you tell the carnal man that, he's choking on you. what do you mean God was involved in that? But the spiritual man realizes if God allowed it, he must have something that he's working on. There is a a broader perspective I need to get. If God allowed this in my life, if God allowed you to change my wages, it was because he had a plan for my life. And so the spiritual man can walk in integrity because he knows God is watching. God is the one I'm going to answer to. And sooner or later, it's not going to be Laban anymore. Sooner or later, I'm going to have to deal with somebody else. But whoever I'm dealing with, whoever I have to face, I want to be uh, guaranteed that I'm on God's side. I'm doing what God has designed for me to do. Tarde que temprano, Jacob ya no va a estar bajo la mano de Laban. Pero él entiende que no importa cuando él esté Siempre va a estar bajo la vista de Dios. Tiene que obrar con justicia. Obrar con integridad. Porque él sabe si Dios permitió esto, es para que yo creciera. So guys, if God allowed something in your life so that you could grow, then what should you do? Say grow. (laughs) You can sit there complaining ten times. I'll be a millionaire by now. If I had a dollar for every time, and all the time, you're missing out on the opportunity to grow. You see, because sometimes God will use other people in your life to be like sandpaper, to get the rough edges off. A veces Dios usa otras personas en nuestra vida para lijarnos. And the whole time we're cussing at the sandpaper, God is saying, it's my hand on the sandpaper. (laughs) I'm working this. (laughs) Mientras usted está maldiciendo a, a el papel, es la mano de Dios el que está lijando. Para que usted quede suavecito. Para que usted quede limpio. And you see, that's why why we need the the voice of God and the voice of other people in our life because when we look at ourselves, we look at perfection. This cannot be improved upon. And God said, yeah, there's a rough spot right here. I I couldn't see that. Has God ever taught you things about you you didn't know? And things have come out of you you said, I didn't know that was in there. I thought I was over that. I thought I had moved on, but God knows this, the rough spots, and He wants to He wants to polish it out of Jacob's life because He promised Jacob. He said, "I am going to be with you until I have done what I said I would do in your life," and that means I'm going to I'm going to make you the man that I want you to be. You remember when Jesus called the disciples? He says, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." We have to be made, we have to be shaped, we have to be formed into the likeness of Jesus. Jesús le llamó a los discípulos y dijo, sígueme y te haré, discípulos o pescadores de hombres. Tenemos que ser hechos. This has to be our prayer, Lord, make me, because I won't make myself. The Bible says a man's way is not in himself. I don't have the capacity to make myself the man God wants me to be. God has to do that. God has to make me. And God will use people and circumstances like sandpaper in my life to make me. Somebody say that tonight. Make me. Make me. You are God's chosen vessel. But where you are now. And where you're going, there's a gap. And your heart and my heart has to say, Lord, make me. Make me the man the woman that I need to be. And God will do that. Because he is committed to his purpose in your life. So Jacob walks in integrity before God because he understands all these things are going on in my life. God's hand is there. God's at work. And if you... If you said something that made me mad, God was letting you say that to make me mad so I could see that that was in me. Say amen, somebody. Now, what does integrity mean? Quickly, four things. Number one, integrity means you tell the truth when it hurts. La integridad significa que decimos la verdad aunque duela. Number two, integrity keep means we keep a promise even when it's easier to break it. Número dos, la integridad significa que guardamos una promesa aunque sea más fácil quebrar la promesa. Have ever overpromised? A veces sobreprometemos? You say, I'll have this job done in three days. Three weeks later, the job is not done. you overpromised. I'm going to take you to Disneyland. You know you only have the money to get to the carnival, but you're promising (laughs) Disneyland. It's overpromising. Here's a good good life lesson. Always underpromise and overachieve. You say, I can get it done in a week, and you have it done in three days, you're going to get ahead. Say amen, somebody. If you say, I'm going to take you to the carnival, and you take them to Disneyland, you're going to get ahead for about a week, right? Kids have a short memory. (laughs) Number three, integrity means that we confront a problem even when it's easier to walk away. Número 3, la integridad significa que confrontamos problemas aunque sea más fácil no confrontarlos. You ever had problems that would just be easier not to confront? You know, there are a lot of problems resting in churches and in families that were never dealt with and they've become toxic. They become they become Long-term chronic problems in churches or in families because nobody will talk about it. Nobody will confront it. A person with integrity understands, I've got to confront this problem. You stole from me. Now, I can act like you didn't, but I'm going to carry that around, and you're still going to be a thief who thinks you can get away with it. Or I can come to you and say, look, I know that you stole from me. I have to avoid eye contact right now. (laughs) Uh, what, What happens is that when you confront problems, you help somebody else. If you confront it in the right spirit. If you confront it as a spiritual man or as a spiritual woman, you confront that issue and at least you've given that person an opportunity to repent or that person an opportunity to grow. Now the spiritual man has to to be the one to address that because if the natural or the carnal man gets involved, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be an argument. There's going to be a a 20-year-long feud if you don't let the spiritual man handle it. But the spiritual man will get God's timing and God's place and he'll go and do that. And, you know, sometimes you have to confront things, but when you, when you do it by the Spirit, the Spirit will give you the time for it, the place for it. I remember uh, one time when I was a younger preacher, I preached a sermon, and apparently the Lord used it to tell this young man in the congregation that he needed to break up with this girl. Well, he went and did it right after the altar call. Bad timing. <laughs> you got to let the Spirit lead. Even if God has spoken, you've got to let God lead us to the timing for when you need to confront this issue. And you see, because of a lack of integrity, many times these things just stay under the surface. They're just boiling. And eventually they become a problem bigger than you can handle. Number four, integrity means that you love without bias. Número cuatro, la integridad significa Que amamos sin hacer excepción de personas. Well, I love all Mexicans. That's not integrity. I love all people that live in the middle class or higher. That's not integrity. Well, I love all Republicans. I love all Trump voters. Well, if you, if you decide who you're going to love and who you're not going to love or who you're going to show kindness to and who you're not going to show kindness to and partiality to one group and not another, you're not walking in integrity. You're not walking in, in the fullness of the love of God. And integrity says, I'm going to love without bias. I'm going to forgive without bias. I'm going to be kind Without bias. Because of the love of God in my heart. Because of the kindness of God in my heart. Because of the forgiveness of God in my heart. And when you and I walk in integrity, we're walking in a safe place. We're walking in a the, in the safe place um, of, in our natural world. But we're also walking in a safe place with God. Because God watches over us. He preserves our way, as I have already quoted. And uh, I don't have the time to go through our next point tonight, but I want to just end here in uh, doubling over on this point. Look, look at what the Bible says, First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 17. It says, God tests the heart and is pleased with integrity. Primera de Crónicas 29, verso 17, dice, Dios examina el corazón y le place o le complace la integridad. You know, we always talk about faith pleases God, right? Well, you know what else pleases God? Integrity. When you and I walk with integrity, we're pleasing to the Lord. Now, what does God look at? He looks at our heart. He examines the heart. doesn't examine the outer man. When you look at Jacob in this section of his life, you're seeing a man whose heart is being shaped by God. It's being formed by God. And it's being polished by the hand of God. And here's what you, what you can trust in, that God is a God of integrity. He doesn't have different strokes for different folks. He doesn't love you less than he loves somebody else. He's not going to keep his word to your neighbor and break his word to you. When you give it all to God, God says, I'm giving it all to you. You can trust God. You can trust him that even the hardships that are in your life, he's going to use them to make you the man or woman that you need to be. And here's the thing, God won't waste anything. God won't waste anything. You had a bad experience, you had a hard time, maybe it was because of your own rebellion like Jacob, your own bad sowing, your own, your own consequences of your own bad decisions. God will even take those things and turn them around for your good if you'll just walk with him. If you'll just do it with Him. If you'll just decide, you know what? Whether I get criticized or not, I'm going to walk before God with integrity. Whether whether I seem to be getting behind or not, I'm going to walk before God with integrity. At the end of the day, you're going to be ahead. Because God can move you from the back of the line to the front of the line in zero seconds. If you'll just do it His way. If you'll honor Him. And put him first. Let's stand together tonight. Let's just make a commitment of our hearts to walk in integrity before God. Maybe there's some areas in your life where you feel like you could be critical of other people. Where you feel like you have the right to be critical of other situations, other people in your life. Maybe there's some places in your life where you look at and you say, you know what, I've been complaining. I've been... I've been approaching this wrong. Whatever those things are, just give them to God. Turn them over to Him tonight. And just declare tonight your trust in God. Declare your confidence in Him. Reject the, the natural and carnal desire to get even, to go and, and get revenge. Or to settle the score, or to try to make other people pay for the things they've done, just reject that. Decide tonight every man's gonna have to answer for himself. But I'm gonna walk before God with integrity. I'm gonna let my heart be shaped by God. And God, I'm gonna trust you to bring me out ahead in the end. God, I'm going to trust you to make every promise that you've given to me fulfilled in my life. God, I'm going to trust you tonight that you're going to bring into my life, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, blessings, provisions, answers to prayer, victories in the battle, God, I'm going to trust tonight that while there might be a Laban in my life, while there might be somebody trying to take advantage of me, somebody trying to make, to make um, themselves stronger at my expense, God, I'm trusting you to bring me out ahead. You're my God. I will not trust in chariots, and I will not trust in horses. I will trust in the Lord my God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver and the gold belongs to him. Promotion belongs to the Lord. Almighty God, we put our trust in you tonight. We look to you, oh God, because you are the one who has the last word. You are the one who has the last word. And nothing that left my life. In the last season do I need for where I am right now. I can go up. I can be strong. I can be blessed. I can walk in the fullness of the Spirit. I will have the mind of Christ. Because I am a child of God. Hallelujah. 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 Almighty God I pray for a renewed mind tonight. A renewed focus. Clarity in thinking. Clarity in prayer.